Hey everyone, Dave Hagen here. I hate New Year's resolutions. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. Here's your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagen. Hey, thanks, Nick. This is Dave Hagen coming to you with the Financial Wellness Podcast. It's the first week of the new year, and we're coming to you from Uncle Studios in beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Now, I was talking with uh, Nick recently, and he said, well, what's, what's the deal with uh, beautiful downtown Van Nuys? He says, Van Nuys is um, not really all that beautiful. And I said, well, Nick, that's my, that's my homage to Gary Owens. And um, for those of you that don't know Gary Owens, he was um, um, a radio personality many, many years ago here in Los Angeles. And they picked him up as an announcer on a show that maybe no one knows too much about anymore, but was really a big deal at the time called Laugh-In. Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In. Now, a lot of you might not even know what Laugh-In was, but it's where Goldie Hawn got her start as the dizzy young blonde. So it's a show that was many, many years ago, I don't know, 60s, 70s, something like that. I was awfully, awfully young at the time. But I do remember Gary Owen saying, beautiful downtown Burbank. And so um, I say beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Now, Van Nuys is a great little town. It's been out in the San Fernando Valley outside of Los Angeles for a lot of years. Um, A lot of work gets done here, but it's not... hmm, it's not what you would consider necessarily a, a garden spot. The place we do this show, by the way, is Uncle Studio, and it's in an industrial part of Van Nuys. And the studio's been here for a long, long time. A lot of work gets done here. Um, I don't think we've um, ever talked or talked about our engineer, Scott Walton. Scott's been here for a long, long time, and he does the engineering on the show every week. So thank you for the last year, Scott. Appreciate it. No problem, Dave. It's great having you. You make it easy, you make it fun, and um, it's all great. Now, Uncle Studio is kind of interesting as well. I was talking to Scott earlier, and he was telling me that a number of people have practiced their bands here. What Weird Al Yankovic practices his band here. Uh, Nancy Sinatra's practiced here before. Devo, Stray Cats, Rod Stewart. So I really didn't know that uh, we do this show at a place that's, I, I guess, kind of famous, where a lot of people practice. But we come in, we set it up for a show. We do the podcast, and it works, and it works well. So don't don't think that we're we're recording this show at uh, some building on um, you know Rockefeller Center, and there's people outside ice skating and waving at us through glass windows and all that stuff, and that they're rushing us out so that the Today Show or the Tomorrow Show or the whatever show can start after us. This is a this is a very much a working end studio where a lot of good stuff gets done. So. Uncle Studios in Van Nuys, California. Now, in our last episode, I was talking about spending some time to talk about what went well and what didn't go as well uh, last year. I hope that you've had an opportunity to do that. We stopped the show a little bit early so that you could spend some time. I hope that you wrote a couple of those things down. A couple of things. First, it'll give you some perspective on last year and really get you ready for this year. We got a lot to do this year. 
So it'll give you an opportunity to do that. Also, I think if you look at the things that you wrote that went well or not well, the things that you put on the top of those two lists are those things that typically tend to be a little more important to you. So look at that. Take a look at that. Think about that. And um, there's nothing particular that we're going to do with those two lists. I think that it's important just to look at them and reflect a little bit, give you some perspective, really, for the stuff that we want to do this year. One more uh, little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Brian Reed's taken the week off. So this week, it's just you, the listener, and me talking about financial wellness and how we start to put together a plan for this next year. So again, we're recording this podcast the first week in January, and it's a time when we all talk about New Year's resolutions. And making resolutions or setting goals can really be done, if you think about it, um, almost any time of the year. I mean, you can choose to turn a page in your life at almost any time. But it just seems like January is such a good or appropriate time to think about the topic. What resolutions did you make? Making New Year's resolutions is a time-honored tradition apparently all over the world. As humans, we always hope for a better future, especially when the year that we're leaving behind might have been maybe a little tough. But I hate New Year's resolutions, and I know what you're thinking. Why? Well, first, they're not usually made with a lot of advanced thought. Usually they're done at a party, when you're going to a party, you're talking to a friend, it's quick and off the top of your head and you're talking about, well, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds or that's a lot of weight. I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to, you know, I want to save some money or I want to buy a new car or I want to move to Timbuktu. I don't know, whatever those goals might be, but they're not made with a lot of thought. And I think that they're done quickly. And I think that's a wasted opportunity. Um, Secondly, I don't think that New Year's resolutions are usually part of or get integrated into our overall life plan. I mean, yeah, I do want to lose some weight, but how does that fit into any of my longer views of my life? You see what I mean? It looks kind of, or it appears kind of short-sighted to me, at least when I've done it in the past. Um, Third, so many times they seem so typical or, or trite. Um, so many of them are the same. I've got a list here today um, that are the top 10 resolutions that people made. And um, a lot of them are going to sound awful familiar to you. Uh, they sound an awful lot of familiar to me when I was looking at them um, preparing for the podcast. So, uh, you know, I don't like particularly uh, New Year's resolutions. So now you're thinking, OK, Dave, you're about putting together a plan You're about pursuing a purposeful path. I mean, that's one of the tenets of the Financial Wellness Podcast. What do you like? I like goals. I think that that's a different way to look at it. It's more integrated. It's more purposeful. It fits into your overall life plan. And I like goals. And we're going to talk about goals next week. So stay tuned. So I'm preparing for today's podcast, and I come across an article in Inc. Magazine from just last week, and it reported about a recent survey that was done among 2,000 people about their New Year's resolutions. So I thought, wow, this is really interesting. Let's let's talk about this. Um, so here you have it, the top 10 New Year's resolutions, according to a survey done among 2,000 people, as reported in Inc. Magazine. The number one most popular New Year's resolution Diet or eat healthier. 
71% of the people responded that that was one of their resolutions. Now, that sounds like me for sure, right? How about you? Think about it. Almost everybody says that. Now, that means we're either very health conscious or we all eat a lot of crud, but um, that was the number one response. Number two, exercise more. 65% of the people responded that this was one of their resolutions. Again, that sounds like me for sure. Everyone wants to exercise a little bit more, but how about you? Does this sound familiar? Number three, lose weight. 54% of the people responded that this was one of their resolutions. Now, again, for me, every year I want to lose 10 or 15 pounds. How about you? Is this stuff starting to sound a little familiar? Number four, save more and spend less. 32%, only 32% responded that they one of their resolutions was to save more and spend less. Now, finally, we've got a, a financial goal, and we've got a goal that relates to the podcast. It also might relate to something that might be considered a little more long-term, not that good health isn't necessarily long-term, but we're talking about financial long-term. The sad part about it, it was only one out of three people that responded that save more and spend less was one of their resolutions. Number five, learn a new skill or hobby. 26% of the people responded this was one of their one of their New Year's resolutions. I mean, I think that that's great. I think that it's, it's important, but it's kind of shallow, right? I mean, learn a new skill or a hobby. Uh, you know, someone that's just bored or maybe someone that wants to expand their life experience a bit. But it sounds a little, a little shallow to me. It's kind of a missed opportunity. Number six, quit smoking. I mean, this is obvious, but only 21% of the people responded that this was one of their resolutions. Now, that's, this isn't my issue. Never smoke, never will. But I'm kind of surprised that it was brought up. And it's also kind of makes me start thinking about what's, what's this deal with Juul, this new thing, Juul? People are still vaping this stuff, and it's got nicotine in it. I don't understand why that's necessarily that much better, but that's a, that's a discussion for, um, you know, another time. Uh, number seven, read more. 17%, only 17% responded that it was a goal to read more. Now, I think that this is really a pretty good goal. I'm a little disappointed that only 17% of the people responded that it was something that they were thinking about, but... We've talked about this already several podcasts ago, spending time to uh, every day to read, uh, what well, would we say, an hour a day, the five-hour rule, spending time thinking about um, you know, reading or studying or, or investing in your, your own mind. Number eight, find another job. 16% of the people responded that find another job was one of their their resolutions. Now, I, I'm, I've got a, I've already got a job. I've already got a couple of jobs, but this is what a lot of people out there are thinking about. And we've talked about this a little bit in past podcasts, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the future in terms of what we have come to expect from our jobs or our careers or our professions. Um, I think that's a very interesting pod, uh, podcast topic. A little disappointed that only 16% of the respondents said this was something that they were thinking about. Number nine, drink less alcohol, 15%. Well, I mean, this sounds, this sounds good. Maybe it should also say smoke a little less weed in light of the fact that uh, weed is uh, now legal in so many states. Not really my issue, but, you know, how about you? 
Um, I think we all acknowledge that uh, it'd be a good thing to drink a little less alcohol or maybe smoke a little bit less weed. Um, number 10, spend more time with family and friends. Only 13%, everybody, 13% of the people responded. Now, I think this is a, a really good goal, not a goal, resolution, because these are resolutions. But perhaps it's maybe just part of a, a larger call to be a, a better member or, or, or a friend. It seems to me that's what the goal should be. So you, you see what I mean? If you look at the resolutions that most people are thinking about, including me, maybe including you, um, they seem a little odd because they seem self-centered or, or a little bit shallow. And, and um, you look at many of them, they relate to eating better or being more attractive. And a lot of them don't seem to fit into one's overall life plan. And for that reason, I think that, you know, this group of resolutions mostly miss the mark, mostly miss the mark. Here's a few more interesting things about these New Year's resolutions. According to Inc. Magazine, about 60% of us admit that we make New Year's resolutions. Well, I mean, I do. I hope you do. Although we're going to do it a little bit differently maybe from here, from here forward. But only about 8% of us are successful in achieving them, according to this, this survey. Uh, women tend to make more health-focused resolutions while men tend to pledge to find a new job or lay off the alcohol. Uh, that's kind of a, uh, an interesting comment, um, men and women. Um, saving money is one of the top five New Year's resolutions and is also in the top five for those that most commonly failed. Now, I'm really happy it's in the top five, but remember we said it was only one in three. And it's also one of the top five that are commonly failed. But isn't that what we're about? Getting together to talk every week to keep us on that path to make sure that we kind of make a point to hit this particular goal. Not resolution, but, but goal. Perhaps more importantly, or, or, or sadly perhaps, over half of the respondents said that they fail their resolutions before January 31st, within a month. Within 8% of the year gone, they're already failed on their resolutions. Now, why do we fail so often and so quickly with these New Year's resolutions? Well, I think it's because they're not formulated properly and they're not integrated into our life plan to begin with. It's almost a recipe to fail. So how do we make these resolutions more real and integrate them into our life plan. I mean, that would be the, the key. That would be the secret sauce, if you will, to making these work. Well, I think that most importantly, we need to begin with the end in mind. Now, I hope you've heard that phrase before, but maybe you haven't. This isn't a phrase that I came up with. It's something that Stephen Covey talked about in, at length in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. His thought was that whenever you begin a new year, month, or even a day, for example, you should first understand what the end product should look like. Then you can put in place resolutions or goals on how to get there. Again, whether you're starting a year, a month, or even a day, think about what the end result should be. Now, where do we want to end up? Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about starting with the end in mind? Well, frankly, I hadn't, not until I read Stephen Covey's book some years ago. What, you haven't read his book, you're saying? 
Well, it's available in any bookstore, and it's available online through Amazon and, and the other outlets. It's one of the most important books I think you could read as you, as you go through life. Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, Covey suggests this exercise. Imagine what people would say about you at your funeral. Now, I know this sounds kind of morbid or macabre or sad, but it's actually a really good exercise. When you're gone, what do you want people to remember about you? Were you a good leader? Were you a kind family member or friend? Did you handle money wisely and leave behind a legacy of charity? Or did you lose 15 pounds in 2019? See what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. I think a great and valid element of a eulogy would be that you enjoyed your life. I love it when I hear that people live life to the fullest or that they loved all the experiences that they had in their life. And, and uh, uh, people talk about these types of events. I remember I went to a, a funeral a few years ago and this fella got up and he talked about when he and the deceased were driving up in the Sierra mountains and the road was getting ready to close and snow was coming down everywhere and bursting out like, like fireworks. And he said to the deceased, he says, should we keep driving? Because it was, there was going to be an element of danger. And the deceased looked at him and said, hell yeah. Now I love someone just embracing life and, and loving all of the things that go along with it and the adventure and the beauty of the world. I think that that's amazing. It's just that I don't see some of these very short-term resolutions even fitting within that, that overall goal. Now, turning the page and setting goals is too important of an opportunity to waste on last-minute thoughts and non-integrated plans. Kind of a wasted opportunity, if you ask me. What I would suggest is that you do two versions of the tombstone exercise. People call it the tombstone exercise. Some people call it the, the eulogy exercise. But what I, what I would suggest is that you imagine a eulogy done about you right now. Or even imagine what someone might put on your tombstone if you passed right now. What would that look like? And write down three to five things. Just sketch down a piece of paper. Simple. Doesn't have to be complicated. Now do the same exercise for when you would pass away at the end of your life. What would that eulogy or tombstone look like? Would it be different from the first one? I'll bet that it would. Now, it seems to me that getting from one eulogy to the other is how you go about setting your goals every year. Now, some of your goals might be, I want to lose some weight. I want to, I want to eat better. I want to stop smoking. And maybe that's part of it. But how does that fit into any long-term resolutions, long-term goals that you might have? It seems to me it should be a more broader, holistic, thought-out, set of resolutions or goals. How do you get from the current eulogy to the final eulogy? Think about it. Now, I want to encourage each and every one of you in the next few days to sit down in a quiet place by yourself and write two eulogies. You can go for a walk. You can sit in a restaurant. You can go sit in a closet Wherever someone won't interrupt you, what do you learn by comparing these two eulogies? Are you on track? 
Do you need to think about the two eulogies more? And oh, what do you need to do to get yourself to that second eulogy? Now make a point, like I said, to write it down. Something easy, something simple. I was reading something in a magazine the other day about Richard Branson. And, you know, he's one of these uh, world-famous industrials, a highly successful person. And they were talking to him about his goal-setting practice. And he said that he writes a few of his goals down every year. Why? Because when he writes them down, they seem to be more real. They seem to get done when they're written down. Now, we're going to talk a lot about goals next time. But for now, this next week, think about what to the two eulogies might be. Think about how you might get from one to the other, and then we'll circle back next week. Here's to a new year filled with much success and happiness. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, I've got an email here from Sarah, and she writes, Dear Dave, now that I'm listening to the podcast, I find myself writing down little notes and reflections about my financial wellness. You've also got me writing things down about goals and thoughts and reflections. Where do you keep this information? Well, Sarah, and there's a lot of places. I do the same thing. I try to practice what I preach. I try to uh, eat what I cook. And... Um, I put, uh, I put notes down in a couple of places. Most people just write it down on a piece of paper in a little journal, someplace that uh, then you can stick it and uh, you know where it'll be. And, but make sure you put it in a place where no one's going to get a hold of it and read it. You don't want kids reading it or you don't want parents reading it or whatever it is. This is your personal private stuff. And that's what I tend to do. Um, but, you know, I tend to be a little more old school about that. Uh, there's something... In, in, in me that appreciates taking a pen and a piece of paper and you know writing down a few things. Now, I don't write out a whole journal. I don't write out a whole lot of stuff. I write out bullet points because I can remember stuff off of bullet points, but people will do things uh, different ways at, at different times. But that's, that's what I do, and I make sure I keep track of that and, uh, again, put it in a place where um, nobody's going to find it, but certainly in a place where I will always be able to find it. I've had an experience before where you're going around the house going, where did I put my my private notes? I put it in a really safe place, and I'm thinking, yeah, it's so safe, Dave, that not even you can find it, but um, find a good place. Another thing that you could do is, you know, you could send yourself emails, or you could, um, you know, use the uh, the memo capability in your iPhone or your iPad um, you know, you could use some things like that. The problem is, while those can be locked down, they're now off-site. 
and people might be able to get in and look at those. Or if you forget to lock them down when you put your device down, someone could pick it up and look at that. And, you know, this isn't like super secret stuff. I mean, you're not admitting to crimes or talking about things of a sexual nature, but it's, it's, it is private. And um, you don't want someone to pick it up or, or get to see that. Something that I've thought about lately um, and, and one of the ways that we're producing the, the, the podcast is using Google Docs. Um, that's really pretty amazing. You can uh, put down there who you want to share it with. You can lock it down. You can password it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's in the cloud. And yes, Big Brother Google does have access to that. But, uh, you know, unless you're, uh, you know, president of a large free country, I don't think that people are going to care too much um, at least electronically, about you know what your goals or your notes or whatever might be, especially if you're just talking about uh, about bullet points. So those are a couple of ways. I you know Google Docs is great, and something on your phone is great if you lock it down. Um, I like just old-fashioned pieces of paper and and um, you know like a, a little journal book or something like that. In fact, my wife and I, when we go on vacation, we usually take the the pieces of paper along. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll pull that out and say, hey, how are we doing on our goals? How are we doing on our thought process? Um, and we can look back over many, many years because we, we keep it all together. And um, it's, it's usually surprising and gratifying um, how often we're able to, to meet those goals. Um, although our goals aren't usually always, hey, I want to make a million dollars a year. We, we try and pick things that are uh, more realistic and and something that we can actually achieve as well. So a couple thoughts, a couple thoughts. I hope that helps. All right, that's uh, all the time that we have for this week. A um, couple of things coming up next week. We're going to talk about uh, goals and goal setting and um, that kind of uh, that kind of a thing. I've got an email that uh, a verbal email that somebody sent us uh, that talks about um, setting a course on a on a new life plan. So we're going to get to uh, do a makeover, a redesign on um, someone's financial life. That should be pretty interesting coming up. And I've got a couple of people that have agreed to come in and talk about what I'm going to call our entrepreneur series. Um, somebody who's uh, done well in, in any particular field or business, and they're going to tell us about uh, how they saw the need, met it, and uh, were successful. I, I find that always very fascinating, and we can always find a couple of interesting um, um, things to take away from a discussion like that. So we've got some interviews with some folks coming up as as well as part of that uh, as part of that series. So some things to look for in the uh, in the coming year. Well, this is Dave Hagen, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.